0: Everyone wants to reach their highest potential, but so many people get to the end of their lives with the painful awareness that they fell short of who they could have been. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how we can become the best version of ourselves, all that God created us to be. We'll look at the verse in the Bible where God tells Moses to select people with talent, and we'll discover the truth about our own talents and abilities. If you've ever felt stuck or like you haven't yet made the most of your God-given abilities, this episode will show you how to reach your potential and why settling for anything less is simply not an option. Every week, Jews around the world read and study the same Torah portion known as the Parsha. This week's Parsha is called Tetzaveh, which means command, and it covers Exodus 2720 through 3010. This Parsha begins with instructions related to the tabernacle, God's temporary sanctuary that the Israelites built in the desert. God instructed Moses to have the Israelites bring him pure olive oil, which would be used by the priests to light up the lamp in the tabernacle. Next, we read about the priestly garments that God instructed Moses to have made for Aaron and his sons. All of the garments would be of the finest quality, and the ones made for the high priest were particularly elaborate. They included an apron made of dyed wool and gold thread, a breastplate with 12 precious stones, and a cloak with gold bells and pomegranates on its hem. The verse that I want to explore with you today is God's commandment to Moses about recruiting the right people to create these sacred garments. The scripture is Exodus 28.3, and I'll read it to you now. Tell all the skilled workers to whom I have given wisdom in such matters that they are to make garments for Aaron for his consecration, so he may serve me as priest. God told Moses to give the job of making the priest's garments to the people who have the special skills and knowledge to do so. As you might know by now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, sometimes we get a deeper understanding of a verse when we look at it in the original Hebrew. And that's definitely the case with this verse. In the English translation, the artisans who would create the sacred garments are described as skilled workers to whom I have given wisdom in such matters. But when we translate that verse literally from the original Hebrew, the artisans are described like this. Wise-hearted people that I have invested with wisdom. What's the difference? The word invested, which appears in the Hebrew version, gives us deeper insight into the meaning of this verse. Giving wisdom and investing wisdom are not the same thing. The rabbis explain that the word invested teaches us that God invests in every person the same way that people invest money. When people invest money, they place a certain amount of funds into something like real estate or stocks, and they expect to get a return on their investment. What we do with our abilities is God's ROI, his return on investment. I once heard it put this way. What we are is God's gift to us. What we become is our gift to him. When I was a child, I remember hearing adults talk about gifted children, you know, children who were unusually smart or talented. But this verse teaches us that we are all gifted. God gives us all a unique gift. He invests in each one of us. This verse also teaches us that we should give God a good return on his investment. We need to use our gifts and maximize our potential. I think that most people wanna reach their fullest potential in life, and I know that I do, but the reality is that most people don't. It's one of those things that is a lot easier said than done. I turned to the Bible and my Jewish faith for guidance on how to reach my full potential, and I wanna share with you the powerful lessons that I've discovered. I narrowed it down to three main ideas. Three keys that can help anyone unlock their potential and give God an extraordinary return on his investment, no matter what your age or stage in life. So I hope you stick with me and pay attention because these are three simple ideas that really have been life-changing for me, and I believe they'll be for you as well. Here's the first key. Identify your gifts. What has God invested in you? Have you taken time to seriously think about that? You can't develop your gifts if you don't know what they are. Some of our gifts are more obvious than others. Maybe you have a magnificent voice, or maybe you are a talented artist. Maybe you're a gifted thinker, and you are always at the top of your class in school. But there are other gifts that are really more hidden. They take more work to discover, but they are no less valuable. Maybe your talent is really listening to people, and allowing them to feel heard. Maybe you are naturally loving and exceptionally caring to others. Maybe you have an extraordinary inner strength and the ability to be a rock for other people. Don't think for a second that you don't have gifts. Some might be harder to identify, but we all have them. I love the way that this was expressed by Rabbi Abraham Isaac Cook, a great leader who served as the chief rabbi of the Holy Land in 1920s. Listen to his beautiful words. This is what he said. Every person is required to know that there is a candle burning inside of him and his light isn't like anyone else's light. And there's no one who doesn't possess a light. Every single person is required to understand that it is his obligation to work on revealing his light and to make it into a great torch, shedding the whole world with light. This is one of my favorite teachings, and it's actually been made into a song that my children from a young age come home singing from school from a young age, instilling in them that they are this light and their responsibility is to shed light on the whole world. Rabbi Cook spoke in terms of light, but he was talking about the unique gifts that God invested in us. He taught that we all have them and that we are obligated to find them, to develop them and to share them with the world. In Psalm 139, 14, we read, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God made all of us with awesome and wonderful abilities. And there's a similar idea in the Christian Bible. In Romans twelve six, Paul taught that we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. God gave each of us unique and awesome gifts. And the first step to reaching our potential is knowing what they are. The second key to unlocking your potential is to actively use your gifts. Once we know what talents and treasures God has given us, the next step is to put them to good use. It might seem like I'm stating the obvious, but the truth is that many people know exactly what their God-given talents are, but still, they don't use them. Why? I can guess a whole bunch of reasons, and maybe you've even said one of the following lines. I don't have time. I'm not so good at it. My talent isn't really that great. Or what if people laugh at me? These are all very valid reasons for not using the gifts that God has given us. Life really is busy. And it's true that risking rejection by sharing our talents can feel scary. But here's what's also true. Using our talents is not optional. It's our obligation. Our verse today tells us that God invested in us. He gave each of us a special wisdom. This means that our talents are not actually ours. They belong to God. And this implies a few things. Number one, our abilities should never make us arrogant because they are not our talents. They are God's talents. He is the source of our success, not us. Number two, since God invested in us and gave us our talents, he has every right to expect a return on his investment. And number three, just as God gave us talents and abilities, yes, you might have guessed it, he can also take them away. If you've placed your money into a bank that didn't pay any interest on it, would you keep your money there? Probably not. And when God makes an investment that isn't producing returns, he reserves the right to divest his assets. When God gives us a gift, we have to use it, or else we may end up losing it. Jewish tradition tells us about two different people, one who used their talent for God's purposes and one who didn't. The first story is about a rabbi named Rabbi Chia, a man who lived in the second century CE and had a magnificent voice. One day, his uncle said to him, "Chia, my son, you must glorify God with the gift he has blessed you with. His uncle's words implied that not doing so was wrong. So Chia took his uncle's advice and used his voice to inspire others in worship. He happily used his talent for God's purposes. The second story is about a man named Naboth, who is mentioned in the Book of Kings. In 1 Kings 21, we learn that Naboth suffered a terrible fate. He was framed by the wicked Queen Jezebel and was stoned to death. According to Jewish tradition, Naboth also had a beautiful voice. He used to go to Jerusalem on festivals and sing praises to God. Thousands would flock to Jerusalem just to hear him sing. But one year, Naboth couldn't be bothered to go to Jerusalem and sing. He just didn't feel like going. And it was later that year that tragedy came upon him. The rabbis juxtaposed these two stories because they point to the same lesson. When God gives us an ability, we have an obligation to use it for his purposes, even if we don't feel like it. When God gives us a gift, we need to use it or we may lose it. God can take away our talent or the opportunity to use it. But the opposite is also true. When we take the talents and abilities that God has given us and we use them for good purposes, he will only add to his investment. Think about it this way. If you invested your money with a bank that gave you a great return on your investment, you'd wanna invest more money with that bank. And when God sees that we give him a good return on his investment, he invests more with us. He increases our talent. Now, before we get to the third key, I want to clarify something. We talked about the importance of using our gifts and the consequences of not using them. But I'm not suggesting that if you have a good voice, you should quit your job and try to make it as a singer. Or if you are good at science, that you should stop being a full-time parent and become a doctor. No, there are many ways to use our talents. The important thing is that we use them, and if we are willing to use them, God will show us how. Like a mother who stays at home and sings special praise to her children with her beautiful voice. I'll give you another example from my own life, because I don't have such a good voice. I love to cook, and from what I've been told, I'm pretty good at it. I guess you can say that it's one of my talents. But I'm not a full-time chef, although as a mother of four, sometimes I feel like one. Most of my time is spent in meetings at my desk or in the field doing my job as the president and CEO of the fellowship. But on Friday mornings, every single week, you'll find me in my kitchen cooking up a storm for Shabbat for the Sabbath. My husband and I love to host a lot of guests at our Shabbat table, so there's always a lot of cooking to do. Sometimes people ask me, Why do you work a whole week of work and not just take it easy for Shabbat? Why not just buy takeout food or cook simple, easy meals? Why do you spend the whole Friday in the kitchen? I tell them that I love to cook. And besides, if God gave me the talent and passion for cooking, shouldn't I make use of it? No, I'm not a professional chef. But I try to use my cooking as a way to honor the Sabbath, to feed the hungry and to spread God's love, and he gives me the ability to do it week after week. So someone with a great voice who works a corporate job can bring a lot of joy to others by singing in church or even just singing for their family and friends. That's still giving God a huge return on his investment. And someone who has a passion for science, who's a stay-at-home mom, can translate that passion into fun projects that she can do with her children, showing them the wonders of God's world and inspiring them to learn. That's certainly giving God a great return on his investment. Someone who's a good listener can simply sit over a coffee and listen to a friend. Reaching our potential doesn't require us to be the best at any given talent or ability. It requires us to give our best to God by serving Him with the talents He gave us in any way that we can. I have one more key to unlocking your full potential, and it's a really important one. Here it is Don't compare your gifts to someone else's gifts. Focus on your abilities and don't become distracted by anyone else. This is is such an important key to reaching your potential. Because so many people go off course because they compare themselves to others. And with the prevalence of social media and the ability to see what everyone else is doing, and sometimes a distorted view of what other people are doing, people are falling into this trap more than ever. We think, why can't I do that? Or maybe, I should be like him, or I should be more like her. The problem is that when we compare our abilities to other people's abilities, we can end up feeling badly about who God made us to be, or we might try to imitate someone else's gifts. Either way, we end up neglecting our own gifts and forfeit our chance to reach our own potential. It only leads to disappointment and insecurity. We need to remember that our job is to become the best version of ourselves. To give God a good return on what he invested in us, not in someone else. There is a Jewish story that I think about often, which really demonstrates the importance of focusing on being our best and not comparing ourselves to anyone else. You may have heard it because I've told it before, but I think it's worth repeating. This story is about Rabbi Zusha of Annapoli, a great Jewish leader that lived during the 18th century in Ukraine. He was a righteous man and one of the most well-respected rabbis of all time. The story is told that when Rabbi Zusha was on his deathbed, he was sobbing uncontrollably and no one could calm him. So finally somebody asked, Rabbi, what are you so worried about? Surely God will accept you into the kingdom of heaven. And this is what Rabbi Zusha answered. He said, I'm not worried that God will ask me, Zusha, why weren't you as great as Abraham? And I'm not worried that he'll ask me, Zusha, why weren't you as great as Moses? I'm worried that he'll look at me and ask, Zusha, why weren't you as great as Zusha? And what will I reply? As the rabbi understood, God doesn't expect us to be like anyone else. He doesn't hold us to a standard that we can't reach, but he does expect us to reach our own standards, and to be the very best version of ourselves. I've had to learn this in my own life, and I'm so grateful that I did because comparing my gifts to other people's gifts almost blocked me from becoming the person I am today. From the time that I was very young, I noticed that everyone I knew who held important positions had many diplomas and seemed incredibly smart. I didn't love school, And to be honest, I wasn't an academic like my parents. So I concluded that I'd never make a big impact on the world. I just didn't have what it takes. I wanted to change the world for the better. The desire was definitely there. And I knew that my father, Rabbi Gil Eckstein of Blessed Memory, was doing that. He was changing the world, and I so admired him for it. But I was also very aware that I was different than him. My father was a brilliant visionary who wanted to change the world and believed that he could do it. I didn't have that same tendency to see problems and believe that I could be the one to solve them. I didn't have the diplomas or the personality to meet with the VIPs and be respected like my father did. But over time, I learned that I didn't need to be like my father or anyone else to do the things that God called me to do. I just needed to honor the gifts that he gave me and use them for his purposes as best as I possibly could. Now, I can appreciate that God didn't make me to create something out of nothing like my father did. I was made to sustain what already exists. My talent is not in starting something from scratch like my father did with the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, but my talent and my strength is at looking at something that already exists and taking it to the next level. I also learned to appreciate that while I may not be as sophisticated or academic with tons of degrees as many other VIPs, I'm a really good communicator and I'm good at connecting with people. I've learned to be far less concerned with being impressive and far more focused on being my authentic self. As it turns out, God knew exactly what he was doing when he gave me my abilities. What my father was good at is what the fellowship needed for the first several decades of its existence. And what I'm good at is what the fellowship needs now. Here's the thing. If I would have gotten distracted by trying to be like my father or anyone else, I wouldn't have become the person that God made me to be. And ultimately, that's all God asks of us to be the person that he created us to be, to go with opportunities that he opens up for us, to reach our potential no more and no less. So there you have it. The three keys to unlocking your potential. One, identify your God-given talents. Two, seek out ways to use them. And three, stay focused on developing your gifts. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. The more we use our God-given talents for good purposes, the more talent God will give us. And that, my friends, is how we can reach our potential and even go beyond it. In Proverbs 3, 9, we read, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. The rabbis taught that there is another way to understand this verse. We can read it like this. Serve God with your gifts, with the best of what you have been given. This week, let's think about how we can give God our best. Ask yourself, what are my natural talents and abilities? And how can I use them to serve God and his purposes? And make sure that you focus on your own gifts. Don't look at others. Celebrate your gifts. Celebrate everything that God has invested in you. When we give God a good return on his investment, we are also giving something to ourselves, a life of meaning, contribution, and fulfillment. And best of all, we're giving our all to make the world a better place. Shavuot Tov, my friends. Have a wonderful week from here in the Holy Land. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.